Hello and welcome back to the Chatterkey podcast, where we talk media in the forms of reviews, discussions, sometimes quizzes, uh, and you know, just try to have a bit of fun along the way. Uh, I'm your host, Ranking Thomas Hughes. I'm joined by my co-host <sighs> with the really terrible background image, Mr. Zenny F underscore, aka Conor O'Shea. It's November the first, which means it is now Christmas. It's not Christmas. It's not Christmas, psycho. It is. As soon as Halloween <laughs> ends, it's Christmas. <laughs> oh, I can't be honest. Still Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> it's gone. You'll be gone in a minute when I throw you at the car on the way to work. Just want to pick you up. Just carry on. <laughs> I'll chase you down. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, temp- there's a lot of temporary traffic lights on the way to work. I can get you at one of them. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, <laughs> but yes, today we're obviously going to you know, talk a few random things, including um, what's the deal with critics, especially lately. I mean, the fucking the mainly aim here is obviously Five Nights at Freddy's, a film that berated by critics is kind of unwatchable, essentially. But then the audience score is the polar opposite. And its box office total has shown that. And obviously it's just a case of what the fuck is going on with critics to... What movies are they seeing that the audiences are going so high? I mean, look at Mario, for example. I mean, didn't they give that like a 50-something percent rating and obviously the audience was like 90-odd percent? can't remember what they gave Mario. I I think it was like 50-something. And obviously it ended up being like a 90-something rated movie from the audience. It's just like, what, what, what the fuck? What movie are they watching to think is that bad? And what movie are the audience then watching to think the solar opposite to it? They gave it fifty nine percent for Mario, and the audience gave it ninety five. And it's not stupid like that. It's not the only ones. I mean, look at that. Um, it, there is a ratings now for that freelance. You are right. Yeah. Last time I saw it was like seventy something percent. Like fuck all reviews from audience wise, but it's seventy something percent versus a zero percent or a critic scoring. How did they give it zero? Thing is, it's with Rotten Tomatoes especially, it's the case of whenever they rate anything below five, that counts as rotten. So that if say there's about five of those five four star ratings, then so four out of like ten ratings or it's eight out of hundred for them, isn't it? Um so say five forty out of a hundred ratings, then that counts as zero. They've all given it basically bad reviews, so the bad reviews are made up. But even Metacritic, if you look on there, it's also like twenty something percent on there, whereas the audience score I think is like five point five. But again, there's only about six, seven reviews, something stupid like that. But still, like I don't know how like what films they are watching to give so polar opposite to what the audience are watching. They just like do not watch, not not worth it and stuff. Someone was like, "The John Cena deserves better," and so do you. <laughs> it's like the Five Nights when I saw like someone like post like a. Like a picture online, obviously, like a review from the same person, but that mm. and Mario, and they slag Mario. I think it might actually been them slagging IGN off in the process here. I think it's like an IGN review, and they're fucking like pointing at it. It's like um Mario. They're basically complaining because there was no plot. It basically wasn't. There's barely a plot there. Uh, mm. Not enough story. It was all basically just like you know, it's Mario, so you don't need the story. It's just quick and whatnot. But they're complaining there was no story. But then the same view. But for Five Nights at Freddy's, complained there was too much story. They complained one had no story, and they complained the other had too much of a story. Like I was like, what the fuck? So you use here, man. 
Like, I mean, like I said to you earlier, look at Cuties, man. What did they give that? They gave that like so, like a really high rate, and it's just like a fucking pedophile movie. Dream. <laughs> Instant look up then. I said pedophile. Head. I was like, what? <laughs> you got an what 87 on Tomatoes from 83 reviewers. What's the audience one on that one? 14. <laughs> the show is it, doesn't it? But just because it's dumb, that's why. See, I think sometimes you look at the reviews and stuff and you can actually say there's like an agreement. I mean, look at fucking... If you look at games now, if you look at fucking like Spider-Man recently, that came out and pretty much audience and critics alike were basically praising the hell out of it. They're, and they were correct to praise the hell out of it. Both sides were. But then as you say, when you look at some of this other stuff, I think sometimes you can agree with critics over audience. Sometimes. Like you, when you look and you're like, oh no, actually I side with the critics more on this one. It is a good film or it is a bad film. But then most of the time, it's just a case of, no, I'm signing more of the audience. This is actually pretty damn good. Or this is pretty damn bad. What the fuck are you watching? It's like in recent, like obviously the past, like what, four or five years, it's been literally most films like total opposite. Every time they give it a negative review, it's positive on audience. Every time they give it a positive, it's negative on audience. Like I don't understand what looking for in these films. So it's very, it's, it's very rare. There's like a, a joint. Split, especially films. I think games usually they are a fucking there is like a joint fucking very close situation. But obviously in terms of movies, as you say, it's usually the opposite end. It's very rare that on the same level. I'm trying to think of like a film as of like the only one I could think of like when they're they're very close-ish, not fully close, but closer than a lot of these other ones. And I can think of is the new Exorcist film because both berated the shit out of it. <laughs> So that that was the closest to audience and critics being alike, them braiding the shit out of a movie. But in terms of like positiveness, I'm trying to think of like a recent film that comes to mind where both scored it high. Um, um, do you know what comes to mind? Maybe Blue Beetle. I think that might have been very close. I mean, the new Saw got a 79 and an 89. Okay, close. that that that's that. There you go. That's a better example then. More recent <laughs> example. So that I've lost track of any films this year now alone that have had the opposite end. Uh, obviously, scoring from critics and obviously audience. And say that freelance, for example, that's 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 one. Um, Five of Freddy's, that's two. Uh, I'm looking at just a quick list here. Um, I mean, apparently, also the Grinch is back in cinemas. And it's got a forty-nine percent rain. That's obviously their obviously the rating oh. overall. I know fucking Grinch is a classic, man. Audience gate fifty seven percent. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those Too ones not. that if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. Um, Super Mario Bros. That's a one. That's free now. I've got I've got free just by looking at a quick list on here. Um, I know the Meg was polar opposite. That's four. Um. I'm trying to fucking think. Are some of the ones at the top of my noggin. Um, let's just check this one because I want to double check this one because I think this might be the exact same situation. Yep, Ant Man, polar opposites. That's five. That's five there alone this this year. That I can I can name where the critics and the audience have been on the opposite side of the spectrum. And when I say opposite, I mean critics are breaking the crap out of it, and audience are actually going, "What film are you watching?" That was actually a watchable movie. I feel like the Rotten Tomatoes, like, actual scoring systems, like... Oh, no, I've, I've already pointed that out to you. But as I say, even if you go on, like, say, Metacritic, which is a bit more of a... 
a better system to work off. Even that is the same, really. I mean, for example, if I get up one of the ones I've just, like, said to you. Um, just give me a second for it to search. Okay, that one's, that one's, that one's close enough. Um, so, the app man one on, obviously, Metacritic. Audience and critics are very similar. It's like a mid-card movie. Um, but if I look at... Well, I say Five Nights. Five Nights is probably the easiest one that I know too recently. Uh, that's the game, not the fucking film, Tom. Click the right fucking one. Um, critically, it has a 34 out of 100 rating, whereas audience is 8 out of 10. So, I think most critical systems on most websites are kind of busted as ass. Bit janky. So the only, I think the only system where it's not critically based is IMDb. I think it's the only one where it's like an audience score. The actual score. But even then, you can't trust half them because half them are review bombed. Well, it's like obviously looking through some reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's got everyone's got like different criteria for reviews. Obviously, you have got some that give it like four out of five, and some that give it like eight out of ten. And someone earlier, I think it was like fourteen point five out of twenty. So, like, what kind of rating systems are going is? I don't understand how they're going to work this out into percentage. Then the overall percentage is like a hundred percent fresh. So hang on. Because of the more being positive rated, it all makes up. And I, I, I say this in a podcast age, you know, it's a st- stupid ass system. But still, I mean, I get what you're saying because I mean, I've looked, I had a look through a while ago, like this one film, and like as you said, they're all out of different fucking like rating systems. So you got some that do it ever hundred, some that do it ever ten, you got some that do it is in like A, B, C, and whatnot. And it's yeah. just like, hold on, how the fuck? And the fuck is this like even being sort of calculated? I know it's the case of Rotten Tomatoes. It's the case of oh, it's a positive rated, so it counts towards a positivist. But what the fuck is this rating system? How can like someone sit down and try and judge it? Uh, obviously, their opinion on someone else's like review when they've got all different fucking review systems on this website. Surely it should just be one review system. Yeah. Surely because it's out of a hundred, it should just be out of a hundred. And then well, that counts towards. Oh, what's sorry. What's counted as positive? Anything above seven? Uh, anything above sixty is counted as, I think, positive. If everyone just gave sixty for a movie, it'd be a hundred percent. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Stupid. That's not the worst system I've ever seen. I'm, no one I believe so. Then the audience have got review bombs as well, which is. That's, that's, that's the problem I find. It's not just critics that you got a problem with. It sometimes is audience because, as you say, you could watch something and go, "Actually, that wasn't too bad," and then you can basically read like an audience score, and it's like really negative, and it's just like what? And the review bombed it based on one little thing, like yeah. the new Rick and Morty, for example. That got basically critically, it's got just above average. So it's you know it's not the worst thing, but it's not the, it's not as good as it used to be. But audience of like, I think it's like 47% or something like that. And most of the reviews are based on the change of voice. Like Most of the things aren't based on anything but the voice change. It's like that, um, you know, Solar Opposites, the other one by obviously the same guy. I, yeah. wa- I started watching that today because it's on Disney Plus. It literally just come out. And I watched the first episode. Fucking hilarious. And obviously their way of getting around the voice change was actually getting a different actor entirely, not even doing the same voice. Like they basically had like a he can get a dart to the throat and then they use like a voice that basically fix the rate to save him, but it changed his voice and they're like, Wait, that sounds different. Let's change it back. No. I like the sound of that. And it's just a basically a really gruff British voice. 
So it's the complete opposite. And I looked at two reviews, the first two reviews on the first episode, because all the other seasons, I think it was like seven and seven, between seven and ten, that was the ratings that people were giving them. But this season, I think the highest is in the sixth region. So they're giving it quite a bad review. And literally, I saw two reviews, and I said, showed to Hayden, it was like the first two reviews I've seen, so an eight out of ten, and a four out of ten. So two quite drastically different reviews, both mm. with the same point. One giving a positive spin on it, one straight up negative on it. So basically, the one was like, uh, again, this about the voice, this about the voice change. It's like, the first one, the 8 out of 10 was like, the voice change actually really worked. It was actually really good. Um, so obviously, they gave a positive spin, some other stuff, but they didn't read the rest of it. And the 4 out of 10 one, their instant point was, the voice change was a bit too far. Like, it was too drastically different that I didn't like it. See, with stuff like that, though, I suppose it's just down to opinion on that, but mm. oh, it's hard to... But, like, when you're doing, like, an overall on film, when it's, like, you've got people giving it 10s and then someone's giving it a 0, it's like, okay, it's got to be... It's like, I, I can't think of a film that's perfect 10. I can't think of a film that's, like, a 0. I mean... People seem to be throwing this about all the time. I mean, when the poo's very close to a 0. <laughs> it's got to have some redeeming quality somewhere. Uh, it made me laugh at some bits, but it wasn't meant to make you laugh because it was meant to be a serious moment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I say it. I, I feel like the best way when it comes to obviously reviews and ratings and stuff is your own opinion. Like that's all that really matters is your own opinion. Like you could watch something and go that was shit, and then you could look at like a review system and everyone's giving it positive. And you're like, I don't like it. That's your opinion. Like, that's how it should... You don't judge it off other people. I feel like sometimes people look at these opinions and then just go just to see if, obviously, how drastically different theirs is to that. Like, obviously, Five Nights come out to, like, fucking... I say Rotten Tomatoes, like, 20-odd percent. Fucking really awful reviews. But it's, made, it's like, the second uh, highest grossing domestic uh, weekend overall in America of a video game film. It's the... The highest grossing in a day video game film domestically in America. I think it's the second or third uh, highest, again, in a day or something like that uh, for Blumhouse, like their movies in general. Mm. And I think it is like one of their biggest opening weekends of any film they've done. This is a company that put out The Purge, the Sinister movies, um, Obviously, the Halloween franchise. They put out some big fucking movies that are actually quite popular with a lot of fan bases. But nothing has been as big as this has in its opening weekend. Even with that streaming on Peacock in America, that hasn't hindered it. I mean, it made like $130 million against a $20 million budget. That's fucking massive. That's from one weekend. Like, I mean, there's nothing out this week in cinema. If that still makes more money, it, you could be looking at about $300 million, which... For them, that's a fucking win and a half. Especially it's against... a sequel very soon. Especially since, against obviously the critical rating, that's a massive fucking win. I, I know, obviously, Jason Blum, the guy who runs Blumhouse, um, he come out, obviously, as soon as, obviously, the audience score came out on, like, say, Rotten Tomatoes, and took a screenshot of, basically, the two scores, and was basically thanking the hell out of all the fans for, basically, believing with them and enjoying the movie that they made. Like, he literally came out acknowledging it and being like, critics labelled it bad, but thank thank you for enjoying this movie. That's why I like him. He's, he seems like a nice guy. That's just... He's like, thank you for giving me monies. 
because like, that's the one company that actually allows like directors the creative control over a film like it, they, he just sits back and is like okay make your movie whereas like people like Disney and fucking like Warner Bros and any fucking most companies unless you unless you're a big big name director like they're gonna start hindering you're like no I want this in there change that do that it's like I was reading what was it I was reading this morning Um, I think it's the Mike Flanagan the guy that did Doctor Sleep Mm. And obviously, like the the haunting series on Netflix and stuff like that. Obviously, he's now these new series that he did, that House of Usher, whatever it's called, which I need to yeah. watch. Obviously, that's his last Netflix-based project because now he's moving to Amazon. He's obviously had a full net of Netflix over that. Was it Midnight Mass? If you remember that series that came out a few years ago, it was like a limited series on Netflix. But oh, either way, before. basically, Netflix made him put like an entire scene in the series just to try and explain something for an audience and he was like I don't want to do it and obviously they pushed him into doing it and that just drove him to the point of nah fuck this I'm ass like that's the opposite of obviously Blumhouse they just kind of let you do it they just let you fucking have creative control like I want to do this well, I can go for it you go for it put it in but yeah I do think obviously as they were, the ratings and whatnot I feel like it's, it's, it, just, it should just go down to your own opinion like you can, I feel like you can look at someone else's. Like, I say, like if you're going Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic or IMDb, you look at that rating. You can look at it and go, "Oh, it looks like it's a bad film." Well, I'll see myself. Why not? Like I feel like that sometimes influences people a bit. Like you say, it's looking like, "Oh, that's bad." Don't really want to watch that. But I feel like that's why you should watch trailers. Yeah, I know sometimes they spoil too much or they show all the good stuff, but you can kind of judge if you actually do want to jump the gun and watch it, like you can look at trailer and go, like with Five, Five Nights, for example, I watched it and was like, looks all right. Oh, part of me. Looks all right. I'm, I'm more than likely going to go and watch it. A, it's a video game film. B, it's a horror film. So I'm more than likely going to go check it out. Because um, as I say, the trailer looked okay. Ratings come out. Oh, they're quite bad. I'm going to see myself. That's just how you should be trying to judge it, is your own personal stance on it. I think the biggest problem is as well, even if you went into like a film or a game and you absolutely loved it, you could read a review and it changes your opinion on something then. Like, oh shit, I didn't think about that. And then you rate it lower then. So I suppose, like, um, I'm trying to think of something now. Like, uh, obviously, Starfield, I enjoyed that. But you read some of the reviews and some of the points and you think, okay, yeah, that's definitely brings it down for me. But I would never have had that opinion without hearing it from someone else, I guess. So. So I think so, I think sometimes people can drag your opinion back down. Like I, I've done it. I, I agree with you. I've done it many times where I've I've given someone like, oh yeah, so good. I've heard someone like say like one thing. I was like, oh shit, yeah. Mm, <clears throat> gonna just knock that little point down a little bit, little, little bit point. Now that I saw not on going, I mentioned something and he was like, oh, oh shit, yeah, no thought. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Was this one to the oh. ending or something? Oh no, it wasn't. It was the the whole idea of him showing his face and like yeah, yeah, letting people face. try, letting people live and whatnot. Try, and you're just like, wait, if he's letting them like letting the ones that win live, aren't they just gonna go to the cops and just say who he is? And I was like, oh shit, yeah, didn't think about he's, that. He's kind of like they turn up with like a bunch of mangled arms, and he'd be like, he did it himself. With <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he <laughs> fell on his yeah. arms and they're little all fucking back to front and everything. Oh, he's he fell over and there's bombs in his arms. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he tripped and he's at the top of his head sliced off, but he's fine. Here's his scalp glued back on. 
He's on brain out. Oh, <laughs> oh that, that reverse bear trap put he slipped straight into it head first. He did that oh no step bro, I'm stuck. <laughs> if you premise I was like, oh, I didn't actually do anything, we did and when you kidnapped someone and you put him inside the thing that's gonna kill him. You hundred percent did something. But yeah, like that I think thing is I don't think that hindered my rating because I was already at the rating. That was just like a point that was, it like went into my head, I was like, Oh shit, yeah. It's not gonna hinder what I'm gonna give it. But obviously, I'm gonna take that into acknowledgement on top of what I've already done. So it didn't really hinder my point. I, I mean, we both said it was a decent enough film to get through, but I don't think that hindered my point to the point of I don't know. I was originally giving it an eight. Oh, this just dragged it into a. What did we give it like a seven point five in the end? Something stupid like that. Yeah. Uh... That didn't happen. It didn't work out for me. But I, I do agree. Sometimes you read stuff and it does pu- push it back a little. But I'm trying to figure some of that. I can't think of like something off the top of my head that happened to me in that situation where I gave like a really good score and I read one thing and I was just like, hmm. See, a lot of times with me, I give a score straight away, an opinion. It can either be really positive, it can be in the middle, or it can be really bad. Um, and it's usually on my rewatches when I start taking stuff out. Because I feel like when you first watch stuff realistically, you, you want to just enjoy it. You don't want to fucking dissect it. You just want to sit back, put your feet up and enjoy but then when you rewatch it, that's when you start noticing things and you can start adding that to your score. Oh, I didn't notice that. Like, for example, um, I was obviously did my Halloween uh, 31 Days binge, obviously in October. And uh, towards the back end, I did the new Halloween timeline. And I was watching Halloween Kills the other night. And there's a reference, obviously, from this one character. Obviously, he's pissed off some kids that keep fucking pissing him off. And at one point, he comes out because he thinks it's the kids, but obviously it's not. It's Michael. He's snuck in, mm. stuck in the house. And he comes out and he's having a go at him. And um, he goes, next time, there's like a pitchfork decoration on his house. He's like, next time, I'll, I'll use the pitchfork on you. And I was like, oh, that's a good little bit of foreshadowing because that's what is used during the final confrontation when Michael's trying to kill obviously the daughter. Her mom comes out of nowhere with the pitchfork and stabs him in the back. And I was like, that's a good bit, little bit of foreshadowing noted. Like, I'm not, I'm like that on my later viewings. The first viewings, I'm just like watching, enjoying, or hating, depending on what it is. Like I say, Win the Pooh watched it, hated it. Um, but for example, um, something recently, something in the last few, so many years, um, Avengers Endgame, watched it, enjoyed it, uh, loved it. So that's two polar opposite films for me. But and then on rewatches, obviously I haven't rewatched Win the Pooh. That's, that's something I'm not rewatched. I, I don't want to touch that. I don't want to touch that. The pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 not touching that with a pitchfork or anything. I'll probably watch the sequel, <laughs> but I won't watch the I won't watch the first one again. I want to see if they fix anything in the sequel. But as I say, uh, Avengers Endgame. I think I watched it like five six times now, and I'm making notes as I'm going through. Like, oh, that's not as good as I remember it being, but that's as good as I remember it. Being. Like stuff like that. I feel like that's how my influence is more. It's less of. That's Infinity War, not Endgame. God damn it, Hayden. No, I mean, like, that's an example of... Oh, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. That is actually just a better point. Infinity War, the Hulkbuster scene with uh, the the fucking CGI head, the floating green screen head. That's not something I noticed on first watch. My first watch, I was just glued to it, like, oh, my God, this film is amazing. And I watched that on later rewatches, and obviously Hayden... I, remember, I think Hayden might have pointed that out to me on later rewatches. And I'm sitting there on, like, my fifth rewatch, not realising, I'll see I'm like... Oh, <laughs> I mean, it didn't hinder the hell out of it. It was just something that. I was still hyping it up. It just that every time no. you see it, you go, 
Oh. Yeah, it's that, it's that one sequence that every time I watch it, I just go, ooh. Like, it's not taking it away, one, but... Oh God. One sequence that always throws me off. Like, the first time I watched Endgame, it didn't bother me, but after that, when I watched it again, is that whole, like, women Avengers assemble at the end, and all the women come together. Like, do, do. It's like, why is that so forced in? Of course, so forced. of course, that's the one that kind of brings up the it's so forced. sequence. So everyone's working. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it is very forced, but obviously it's it's the idea of that film. It's it's the idea of mm. there's meant to be these big moments where make fans go, oh, oh, oh wow. Like, My favorite thing as well is when like it's happening and the one's shooting in the background and nothing. There's nothing there. And you go, it's like, what is what, what you're shooting at? There's nothing there. They're all coming from one side. Why are you spinning around shooting nothing? It's just that one scene, like obviously the Avengers assemble, like this big thing, everyone's there. Obviously, everyone's the Avenger in that case. And it's like these women, like, pew, 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 halfway through the scene. It's like, why are you adding that in there? That's so forced. It doesn't happen every time I watch it. It's just, you can see how forced that bit was. There's just like, we need women's empowerment in this. It's like, it's like you killed off for the Black Widow. It's like, this <laughs> is the only woman empowerment you had, and you killed her off. That's their own fault. Kathleen Kennedy <laughs> influencing everything. <laughs> Cartman. Fucking, yeah, Cartman's Kathleen Kennedy. That's fucking genius of South Park. I just love South Park. They don't give a shit. They just don't give a shit. I'll get cancelled, man. See, that's the thing. A lot of the films and TV shows and games, there's always moments that try and aim for critics. Like, for the, for them to go, oh, I like that. Which is probably like the A4 scene. It's probably more of like an A... Yeah, it's a nod for obviously the comics. If obviously, they say it's very forced into the moment, but at the same time, it's probably also there for uh, for critics. Like, look, women. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's probably more aimed at critics to go to be like, oh, that, well done for putting that in. But, it's actually one scene as well. They've got no character building. It's this, and then there's one little scene where there's like a few women together. It's like it's basically more aimed for critics. So a lot of films do that. They always add like scenes here and there that they know critics would fucking just jizz themselves over. So that they're forced in to try and get some influence on the. But like I say, as you said, uh, you you read a review, it influenced you a little bit, and you knock. You're like, oh, what? take that back a little bit. That's what that's there for. It's there to influence critics and go, oh, this film's all. Oh, that's that's. Be- I'm gonna put this scoring up a bit more just because of that one sequence. It didn't pay anything into the movie. It's just a single shot. Fucking ten out of ten. <laughs> Captain America picked up the hammer. I don't give a shit. Women assemble. Whoa! <laughs> 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 out of context, it. You just know I can hear him, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. To the headset. Can you? Yeah. How can you hear him? <laughs> you can hear headset. Headphones. How loud have you got it? I don't know. They're not supposed to hear yeah. anything out of it. <laughs> <laughs> he shouts. Well, apparently, especially when you shout, it slightly comes out. Whisper. He's going to whisper the entire time. <laughs> I can hear the whisper. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Keep whispering. She can't. She can't hear what you're saying. Then. <laughs> Fuck you, Aiden. <laughs> uh, I think. Long story short, though, it's just give your own opinion. Like you can utilize like points that people make, and then like rewatch something, and then or replay something, and then try and see if that affects you. Um, as you say, obviously with Starfield, for example, you 
get you played it, you enjoyed it, you read something, and you're like, mm, okay, I can see that. Obviously, that could be the case of you played it, you've enjoyed it, you read that. Okay, we're gonna go back to it, have a look, playing it, blah blah blah, and then that pops up, and you're like, yeah, I can I can kind of see that. Yeah. Or you can look at it and go, this doesn't really affect me. As I say, with obviously, uh, solar opposites with the voice change. Obviously, I knew it was a voice change already. I've already seen the clip of it. And uh, I watched it, read the review, went back to watching it. And I was like, it's not really affecting me. I'm, I'm more in the line with that guy who's just give it like an eight. Or woman who's give it an eight. Whoever whoever gave it an eight. Like, I'm more in line with that rather than the fucking the four-star review. Someone gave it berating the voice saying, oh, it's too much of a change. I'm more in line with the fucking the eight one. Because it doesn't affect me. It's not bothering me. It's actually pretty funny. They even like joke within the show about the voice change, like oh, the, the rays even done it. It blasted. It's it's a certain ray that even it even flashbacks are sound different. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's that's fucking hilarious. Sorry. And even that whole sequence, oh, no, the sequence that you laughed at at the start when um, he's like, "Come on, we're gonna be late." He's like, "I I, I hate being." Was it like rushed and? He's basically he's saying something that if you like if someone's if someone hears hard and sweaty or yeah it's something about being hard and sweaty and the guy the other guy's like mm, yeah, that voice is making me hard and sweaty what'd you say nothing <laughs> like stuff like that it's like that's funny to me but I say fucking I read that review and I was, when I'll be watching it in the next so many episodes I'll be sitting there going okay that's not really affecting me. It, but as I say, I, I'm going to see with the Rick and Morty one. I haven't watched it, the new season yet, so I can't really judge too much. I've seen the trailers, and I know I've judged slightly off the trailers anyway with the voice. I'm like, okay, I've already said from the get-go, I was like, Morty doesn't sound like Morty, and Rick, when he gets too excited, doesn't sound like Rick. But I'll see when I'm actually watching the show. There's no point fully judging it off a trailer. I can just get a slight opinion from said trailer to then take into the actual viewing whenever I fucking get around to watching it. More than likely when it goes on Netflix. I think it's on Channel 4 now, but I can't be asked to watch Channel 4 because he watches Channel 4. Oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. I can just wait for Netflix, which, yeah, probably won't be till next year, but who the fuck watches Channel 4? No rush for, for it. <laughs> but yeah. As I say, it's, it's just subject to opinion, isn't it, really? But still... I still want to know what fucking film some of these critics audience are watching. If that like that was so far apart, like you can understand like if you say uh, say like someone, one side give it negative, one side gave it positive. If one side, if, if you just use the Rotten Tomatoes system, it's easy to remember. If one side gave it like forty five percent, one side gave it seventy percent. It's not too far apart. Like it's not mega like. Let's say like Five Nights at Freddy's like eighty and like fucking twenty. Yeah, it's not that no. far apart. It's like mid ground region, like that. You can say okay, I can understand why maybe they've gone the opposite way ever so slightly, but it's just these ones like when they're so far like that freelance of zero percent and like seventy percent. Like it's like what the fuck film are these two watching to get like one to go from yeah. zero and one to go to seventy odd? Like it's just fucking crazy. So, yeah, it's, I say it's a subject to opinion, but still, fucking, sometimes critics do suck. I saw an article the other day about Five Nights at Freddy's, and it's like, um, is the one of the biggest films of the year where under 25s went? And I was thinking, well, yeah, because it's about the age range, everyone would be who played the game now. It's like, most people who played the game would be about 25 and under, like, 
I don't understand what they what was expecting. Like 60 LP have been rocking up to watch a five note. Yeah! Freddy! Freddy! Oh my god, it's Golden Freddy! Ah! <laughs> oh my god! It's a cupcake! <laughs> Some men dressed up as Chico. Woo! <laughs> I saw, like, I don't know, I don't know if it was fucking legit, but I saw, like, um, Hideo Kojima thing the other day. Uh, Isn't that like, one? Like, oh, I watched Five Nights at Freddy's, and then someone's like, oh, what do you think? The chick was hot. <laughs> like, the chicken was hot or something like that, I think he said. I think it was fake, but it's so funny. It's what he would say, though. Yeah, it's definitely something that fucking Hideo Kojima would say. He's fucking Hideo Kojima. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like sometimes. <laughs> I, st- I still, I still, I still gonna put out here the worst of re- re- review critic is IGN. But you always IGN. check, you always check them out just to see how bad the review is. My favorite thing about IGN though is if if they give anything lower than a seven, the audience was like, "Oh, this is terrible! How can you give it lower than a seven? As soon as you give anything higher than a seven, the audience is like, "Yeah, IGN finally give a good review." It's like, no, just gave it a seven. Every time it's the same. Mhm. Talk out their ass, cool. that's what they do. Anyway, anything else you can think of? Uh, I'm trying to think of any other news I've got, but I don't think there's anything. I can't think of anything that's happened in recent. Recent now, it's been like, whoa. No, I can't think of anything heavily, heavily. Oh, have you, have you ever watched uh, Big Trouble in Little China? I've heard of it, but I don't think I've watched oh, it. I was going to say. I've got a statue from it now. Oh, is it the one when the guy goes really big and his head explodes? He's got a steam coming out his nose. Uh, it's the one when basically he's like a truck driver. They got a truck driver. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've watched like a, a joke version of the film, but I don't think I've watched like the actual film by Six, itself. Six ninety nine. I remember the guy exploding at the end of the big face when he goes. The only thing big. I re- heavily remember about a film is the whole. There's a whole sequence where the but big like this massive fight up, and Kurt Russell comes walking in. They come barge through this door, and see barge through the door. The fucking the wooden like um like a uh, beam above his head just falls down and locks him unconscious the entire fight. <laughs> and it's like this massive fucking fight going on. And there's a guy like a, he's got like a fucking like a raiding like esque outfit, but it's like a massive fucking version of it. And he's just unconscious mm. the entire time. And if I he gets back up and it falls back down and hits him again. <laughs> oh, God. It, yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything else. Heavily. I think that's about it, isn't it? I think that's, I think that's better rant on critics and their ratings and who's right, who's wrong. It's just... More like shittics. Shittics, <laughs> yes. Like that. <laughs> I like that. But anyway, yes, uh, so that is it. Uh, next week, hopefully they haven't fucking released the Game Awards fucking candidates because if, if they haven't, then we're going to do that next week. <laughs> you watch, we'll do it on the Wednesday and I'll fucking drop it between the... Us recording and um, us releasing. <laughs> I drop it on the Thursday. No, we did it for nothing. Why have you done this? But yeah, but ho- we should hopefully do that next week if they haven't dropped it already. By that point, we can choose who we think uh, is going to be nominated for the the big award. I think we can pick oh, maybe me. some of the other awards if we've got enough time to do so. If not, we'll just basically like pick games and tr- like give our reasons behind. Why I think those games are going to be there. Like, Breath of the Wild is going to be there because critics kiss Nintendo's ass. <laughs> yeah, well, we can guarantee it's going to be like 
at least three or four. I can guarantee you're going to be there. You can, I'm Breath going of Breath of Wild Two. It's, it's Tears of the Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, that's that's de- de- I, I've got a few that are definitely going to be on there, and obviously reasons behind why them. Like I saw a whole like debate of people arguing like who's going to win, uh, Tears of the Kingdom or Baldur's Gate Three. Baldur's Gate Three. If Baldur's Gate Three doesn't win, critics can suck my ass. Yeah, that's what basically a lot of people are saying. They want Baldur's Gate 3 to win, but it's critics. They know they're kissing Nintendo's ass. And then you got people going, Oh, why are you saying stuff like that? You don't. Yeah, the fucking do. There's at least always one Nintendo game on the fucking Game of the Year awards. And you're just like, how the fuck's that got on there? The thing is, Nintendo make good games, right? But if it was any other... Like with the new Breath of the Wild, if that was any other game company, they'd be crying being like, oh, it's just Zelda 1.5. That's what a lot of people are saying. And people are complaining, going, oh, it's not. People are doing that with Spider-Man currently being like, oh, it's just Spider-Man 1.5. That is like a whole thing everyone's... Yeah, but Spider-Man didn't win Game of the Year last time, so, you know. <laughs> At least when fucking Breath of the Wild came out, it fucking won, didn't it? Problem is, man, I feel like if Nintendo had better hardware, they make so much better games, man. Mm-hmm. Can't stand this playing on the Switch. It's so shit. Especially in Breath of the Wild, when you drop frames to, like, fucking 10 frames for, like, a split second. Especially, when you, get, a, especially when you get a Steam Deck, where, where it's basically the same idea as a Switch, but with actual fucking, like, computer-level graphics. <sighs> but anyway, we'll, we'll we'll save all that fucking ranting raven to next week. Uh, so yes, uh, you can check out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, etc., etc., or just stick on YouTube for the actual kind of punching the screen just to show more our carries. And he's going crazy. Oh man, no, Inception! Oh, it's me twice. <laughs> God damn it! And now she's back. Let's fight back. Oh, no, it's me again. <laughs> but yes uh, we hope you enjoyed and we hope that you can check out some of our other content also we'll be streaming again this Sunday I hope we're going to stick to doing uh, some more day out because we're kind of addicted to that at the moment and Boomin I wonder Boomin again well we'll play some a day out first and if we have enough time we'll jump on Boomin Boomin I might, I might jump on a bit early I might jump on about 5 i got nothing planned for Sunday so I might jump on at 5 and do 5 till 7 as I say, if we've got enough time, we can always jump on for a little round of booming. But main oh, focus nice. would be, obviously, day eight, try and get through as many missions as we can. Unless we get pissed off again and jump on a fucking booming because we've had enough. But we'll see. So hopefully you can check out that. Hopefully you can check out our previous one we did on both those videos. And um, yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed and we shall hopefully see you next time. Goodbye. Peace out, man. I just dropped my camera. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>